Hi everyone, welcome to the Pictorialist uh, Filmmaking and Photography Podcast with a slight emphasis on business. In today's episode we're talking to Sarah Bainham who is an awesome landscape and uh, astrophotographer. Uh, she's also tutored photography and we're just going to go through how to do landscape and astro and also look at why you want to go about like purchasing uh, landscape photography and um, or even a little bit into how you might go about selling it as well. And uh, all that's coming up on today's, uh, on the very, on the second episode of The Pictorialist, our first interview episode. So uh, stay around. The Pictorialist, a film and photography podcast by Figmento Films. So, hi Sarah, it's great to have you as the first ever guest on my uh, podcast. Awesome photographer. <laughs> this is totally the first take as well. And we did not have to do any other takes. Definitely not. <laughs> we're just pros we're like that. Professionals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is about me is it's just like you could just give me the script once and I could just do that, you know. Yeah, sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, don't, definitely don't need free takes. <laughs> definitely didn't get reverb on the mic. Nope, nope, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Sarah is from Wales and she's an awesome uh, photographer and um, we just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you got into photography, uh, how you go about doing it, selling it and you just sort of, and you also do a little bit, you've done a bit of tutoring as well. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll get started um, with you. I know you've got quite a few achievements. Sarah, for example, uh, likes to win competitions and beat me in competitions <laughs> she's uh amongst other things she's won a shootout with a digital camera magazine she uh, she formerly tutored at jessup's as well by the way and also um it was at jessup's where yes. one of the greatest travesties in photograph competition history happened and that's where she beat me in the photo competition and won a sony a7 a good day <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself then so you're from wales you're a photographer yeah so um i've been doing photography for quite a while and um, i've been interested in it from a young age and um, started my life off as a photographer with a disposable camera uh, and then eventually upgraded myself as a team to a little compact camera and um, again Eventually grew out of that, moved on to a bridge camera, grew out of that because it was only automatic. And then I invested in um, the Nikon D3300. I mean, for some people, it's not an investment, but for me at the time, there was a lot of money to spend out. It's a great um, camera. Yeah, it's a fab camera. Um, and with that camera, that was where I kind of really learned about photography and where I kind of started to know that this is something I really wanted to do as well as a hobby, but also hopefully one day as a full-time career. Yeah, um, and you... Yeah, and with that camera is when I won the shootout with. Uh -huh, yes. yes. That's anyway. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're super lucky. I'm always saying how like lucky you are because uh, I'm like a big fan of the Brecon Beacons, and you just so happen mm -hmm. to have to live there. I'm a, also a huge landscape photographer. Uh, like uh, yeah, l photographer. My landscape photographer. I don't you know. I'm not sure what type of photographer I am. I take photos no. of everything. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I take photos of everything. I'd say landscape photography is my favourite though. Uh, yeah. Uh, on my YouTube channel, I don't know if you'd watched the video. It was, it was a hard video for me to make, to be honest. Uh, but when I was younger, had anxiety. Like I'm sure like most other people do. 
and found a whole bunch of things ended up sort of coalescing and that was the fact that to deal with a lot of that anxiety I, I just started getting into photography I just started walking loads yeah. and then uh, as you start walking you really start to appreciate the outside world yeah. um, and then when you get into photography you like to take photos of the outside world yeah so uh, I, I found what's great about photography you notice more um, so like when you're in a place which is really pretty you sort of see it but when you're a photographer you, you see it more you have to look for the little details or different angles and oh that's a quote right pre- there but you start to appreciate more like where you are in the landscape around you really that's such a great quote there <laughs> when you're oh what did you say you said like I can't uh, remember now. <laughs> that was really that was really nice it's so true as well you basically said you know when you like the landscape you know you see the landscape but when you're a photographer yeah. you see it more it's so true you yeah, definitely. Look at details, like you look at mm-hmm. textures and you look at yeah. shapes, and yeah, yeah it's uh, it's uh, for, if anyone is like got anxiety in that, I do recommend it. Even if you don't intend on being some like amazing photographer and that, I find the process of taking photos was quite therapeutic in itself. And then be, mm-hmm. being out there just that grew into a real interest and passion for being outside, and. Um, so what's it like around Brecon then? Because you've got a lot of inspiration. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. So it's there's so much variation. Um, so South Wales in general uh, is great because you've got the Brecon beacons. So you've got a mixture of forestry, mountain, of the mountain, mainly mountains. Uh, you've got a few lakes, sort of reservoirs. You've got the waterfalls. The waterfalls are incredible, the Brecon beacons. They are really stunning. So worth a visit. You and know then, my famous so- waterfall story. I don't think I know this story. <laughs> I almost fell off the top of a waterfall. Which one was that? <laughs> it didn't have a named. It wasn't a named waterfall. We was uh, we was oh, on the yeah. we was on the river uh, on Usk. Is it Usk? The Usk, Usk no, Reservoir. No, Us- Usk Reservoir. It was near Wait, there. Were you at Tally- and... Oh, were you at Maybe, maybe because we They've drove a, on this road. And like there was this big waterfall that well, that was a tourist waterfall, and then yeah. there was this all this foresty stuff going on, and I don't think you're supposed to go up there. And we climbed up to the top, <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go and have a look, and she did, completely <laughs> forgot how slippy it can be, and I was at, oh. at the top, slipped, fell backwards. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Almost went over the top. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Practice safe uh, photography. Yeah. Stay safe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bad. And yeah, that's when you, a good move. did you just sort of like how how did it start with you? Because obviously for me, mom was a happy mom was a happy sort of conversion of a lot of different things. Was it you just sort of going? Oh, as a camera, I'm interested in going and taking some photos. I think because I've always been quite creative, so like um, I've always enjoyed enjoyed sort of sketching and painting. So it was just another way to kind of express like creativity. Um, and just love, I love being able to get those kind of golden hour shots where the, the light is just stunning. Because um, there's nothing better when you're just in a moment in the landscape and you're just like, I want to capture this. And the camera gives you the vision to sort of capture that moment. And I think that's what I love about it. And you can use different techniques to make it even look better as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I kind of go into Like, more the creative side. I enjoy being creative. I enjoy capturing what I see. Yeah, and I know I I noticed progression in, in your photos as well. You've mm-hmm. always been like a really good uh, photographer, but you do notice progression in people's photos. I noticed that yeah. you start you started editing them a lot more as well, and yeah. you always you always edited your photos. But I noticed mm-hmm. you do different things to them, and the styles change a little bit. Yeah, 
I, I think some people take the mick and say when, when Sarah's moody, you can tell by her photos. <laughs> you, did, you did have a few dark ones. I do. I, that was um, the angst collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think my style does change a little bit. Like It kind of like matters what I'm seeing in those photos. So I think a few of my photos have been just more moody because that's kind of what I wanted to get from that kind of landscape, that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And other times it's more bright and sort of fresh because that's kind of what I'm trying to get across to people when they see my photos. There's two really good points you made there as well. Your photos reflect how you're feeling, which mm-hmm. I think is, is true. Um, and also you want to convey different messages with photos it's not just a snapshot i think some people think it's easy to take a photo it's easy to take a photo but i think it's hard to be a photographer yeah and even if you take a photo but yeah to create something that people will sort of double take they'll look at it again and want to look at it more and stare at it and be just engrossed in it that's when you know you've kind of you go in the right direction there it's it's difficult to i've always found it's one of those art forms that's hard hard to get across to people the artistic mm-hmm. side because yeah. there is everyone's got a camera it's hard sometimes yeah. for people to, to understand mm-hmm. that okay your phone can take a really nice hdr image now yeah but just taking your phone out your pockets chances are you're going to get a nice shot but mm-hmm. is there any narrative in that shot yeah. is there any is there a story or have you captured something mm-hmm. in particular one of my favourite photos that I was really happy to find again the other day was that little, mm-hmm. I called it the fracas in the, in the storm. Yeah. I, I entered that into landscape photography of the year. Yeah. Uh, this year, yeah. And uh, it's, I like it not because it's like the, a perfect photo, just because it looks yeah. like it told a story. And uh, your photos often like that as well. Yeah. Do you have any like... Um, crazy ass stories like me then going up into <laughs> into the records uh, i think my most oh i don't know both of them actually involve the waterfall <laughs> <laughs> stay away from waterfalls yeah stay away from waterfalls um yeah well um i always forget the name of the waterfall um i'm even though i'm welsh i'm absolutely awful at pronouncing welsh names it, it's, it's, it's terrible <laughs> I, I should be ashamed shame <laughs> i is shame <laughs> Um, there was one waterfall I went to, and this kind of that's the main feature. But I knew there was another one further on by looking at the map, and I was like, "Oh, I want to go find this other waterfall." And the path was treacherous. It was, and there was a few moments like I can hear it, but do I go back now? I'm here on my own. Like no one knows I've gone this far. Oh no! <laughs> well, if I get lost, I'll fall down somewhere. But it was, it was fine. It was fine. Um, but <laughs> it got so bad, I ended up like having to like climb over this log. I took my shoes off because it was I couldn't get grip of my trainers. But I got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's so it was, weird though because, great. like, there's this really alluring thing when you're a photographer where you have yeah. to keep just seeing what's over the brow of the hill all the time. Oh yeah, you just want to. I could, I could hear it, and I was like, I know there's going to be. A, I've seen pictures of the waterfall. I know people've been here before. Like, not many, but I, I need to go get it. And I was like, oh. when I, when I, when I turned the corner, it was like, oh, phew. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's so cool though isn't it when like yeah. you uh, find something especially if you find something where not a lot of people have gone yeah definitely i think that's I love the best that feeling when you go off the track a little bit and find yeah. different places and just stumble across like like landscapes or like waterfalls or anything yeah. really yeah definitely is there any like is there like a, a particular do you have like a particular like uh, sort of liking of any particular aspect of landscape photography or is there certain things you tend to go after 
I think it's um I really like sort of big fast landscapes um if, and sort of shooting at kind of golden hour so sunset sunrise and that is my favorite time to shoot I think yeah. sunrise more because it's like kind of the start of the day and it's just like you're usually the only one up there because it's like four o'clock in the morning because <laughs> it's too cold to go out in winter <laughs> And uh, um, if there's been a bit of water, you usually get that really nice sort of like yeah. mist coming up. Which is oh really yeah, nice. I've only been. I was lucky to get that once, but it was a bit. It wasn't quite right. It's sort of every now and then would just cover the whole mountain, couldn't see a thing, and then it would drop low enough. Um, but I still want to get that dragon's breath sort of shot. I'm still after that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is beautiful. I had a bit of luck uh, over the over the. Uh, Usk actually over the over the yeah. reservoir, yeah, which I guess makes sense uh, because mm-hmm. um, big body of water and it was quite nice weather and we got up super super early yeah. and you had a nice mist over it. the The only thing is, it, as nice as the reservoir was, I wanted a more interesting background. Yeah, because it's it just all kind surrounded of, by forestry there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, um, I shot did a shot recently and I was trying to get a shot of a deer. And this was only in Studley, and we got up really early in the morning. Yeah. And I drove past. Um, bearing in mind, I've been to quite a few national parks now, and I've drove past what was one of the most stunning sunrise shots I've seen. It had the dragon's breath, oh, Loads, nice. trees. It was coming up directly between between two trees, yeah. and I didn't get any shot of the deer. And I just kicking myself that I didn't just stay there and take that shot. Oh. So gutted. Has that ever happened to you? Where it's just like. You've just missed yeah. that shot. It's usually like when you see something, you're like, ah, oh, I don't have my camera. Oh, <laughs> They're the worst, the worst moments. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolute remember, worst. There was one shot where I don't normally take my camera. Um, this one I used to work um, more locally. Um, and I was coming back down. for some, I don't know why I had my camera in my car. I probably had just been on, maybe on Astro shoot the night before. It was in my car. And it was that low cloud. I was coming through the lane. So I just looked at my mirror and I could see the sun like this bursting through this tree and it was oh. all like misty oh it was stunning i was like oh i have my camera i can get this <laughs> so i just spent ages there like giving different angles and that was one of my favorites for a long time that shot was because it was just that moment where i was like i've got my camera i can do this like that, it's here <laughs> yeah that's the best that is yeah. it's uh mm-hmm. it's so funny because look before this we was talking um uh, uh, we was talking about something else but we had mentioned that like it's funny sometimes how you can go out plan a shot and it doesn't work out yeah. and other times you've just off the cuff get like one of your most favorite favorite shots yeah definitely i think that's probably ended up like shots like that tend to be end up being like that they're not planned they just like happen spontaneously it's great when you get a shot that you put a lot of effort into and plan that it comes out great because you feel that all that effort is worthwhile yeah um but yeah most of the times it is spontaneously you're just like oh yes i'm in the right place at the right time got the great gear i can do this (laughs) i I guess the this the the work part of those spontaneous shots and i think this is useful for people listening is the fact that you're out there with your camera yeah it's a practice 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 kind of thing Uh, the best thing is actually it's not even practice at that point you just i don't want to sound like like some sort of hippie but it is more of a way of life i I don't feel i i have my camera on me so much it feels it's you know when you pat you like a lot lot of uh, lads will know this if you've got your wallet in your pocket and your phone in your pocket we always do this weird pat down to make sure we've got like our stuff (laughs) if i haven't got my camera bag on i'm just like oh i forgot something yeah missing it (laughs) i do really do one of the most worst feelings i had was last year and was going to the photo show live at the nec Mm -hmm. 
I uh, went to go get breakfast at a, at a, um, a pub and mm -hmm. uh, I left my camera there. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness. Worst feeling. <laughs> Luckily, I got it back. That's a horrible feeling that was. That, that's so, pretty scary. <laughs> so other than taking... Actually, what, what kind yeah. of kit are you using now? Because you started off with an Olympus. Uh, yeah, might, I'm now Sony. <laughs> might, have, might have won a Sony camera. Might have won a know. Sony A7. <laughs> and then uh, then you, I think you upgraded, didn't you? Yeah, I upgraded um, Yeah, to the, the Sony A7 Mark III. To just really rub that in my face. Yeah, so, yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your Sony A7 Mark III, which is like a one of the most popular cameras. Um, mm -hmm. People love it. I love it. Um, but even now, I I would still consider getting one. It's just that yeah. there's this constant horrible feeling that the next one's just going to come out all of a sudden. But yeah, that doesn't make the A7 III <laughs> redundant. It's such a stupid no, way of thinking. It's such it's, a great camera as well. Such a brilliant camera, and I think. I am wondering what what about are they going to do next? Like, what else can they do to it? I mean, there's there are some a few little bits and bobs which could be improved with, but for me, it does the job. It works. It's exactly what I need to do, and I'm happy with it. Is it is it a 24 meg megapixel camera? Yeah, 24. Yeah. 24 megapixel camera. It's got really good video options in there as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, nice big full frame sensor, so it's really yeah. good at, at low light as well. How are you finding using that? How was that compared to your Nikon? Oh, it's amazingly much, much better. Like for Astro, um, it is like ten times better. So like the noise reduction, yeah. So like my like some of my shots from my Nikon were they were okay, you know, they did the job, but upgrading to the Sony, the picture quality is, is a lot better. Yeah, it's the ISO range is much more wider, so you, you can shoot at higher ISOs and you don't get that horrible grainy sort of effect in the foreground. Yeah. The only thing I am getting from it is like Sometimes I get like little white spots in the foreground. I don't know what's going on there. I need to do some research on that one. But some of my night shots, I've zoomed in. I'm like, ah, what's all this? <laughs> I think that's to do with uh, it's something to do with the pixels. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have a, a look up <laughs> a look up afterwards. But yeah, I think it's something. To, it might be something to do with the pixel readout. I'm yeah. not making that up. It, it could be. Yeah. But um. Is it happening in the photos after you've taken them? No, it's um, po after post processing. Okay, but it yeah. could be, and it might be a simple fix. But yeah, yeah that, it probably is. Yeah. That camera's great. I, I think the only thing is with the Sony cameras now is, it's, you see these weird things happening with cameras. I find five D Mark II come out. I, I usually look in terms of filmmaking because I come yeah. more from a video background. Five uh, D Mark II come out it was an amazing stills camera that was also a great video camera. Mm -hmm. This is that was the point I got into photography because come from uni needed to do films. All the mm -hmm. film cameras cost a stupid amount of money. Yeah. So I got, <laughs> I got a DSLR instead. Amazing DSLR, amazing camera. Such a good. Yeah. Ca I would I would heavily still consider getting a five D Mark II again. Yeah. I think it was really good. Yeah. Um Then uh, the GH four come out. Which mm -hmm. was like a, it's a tiny sensor, it's a micro four third sensor, but the video options were ridiculous, really really yeah. powerful, and obviously I was still more into video at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then then the next big thing to come out I, I found was the Sony cameras, mm -hmm. uh, not so much the Sony A7 because it had great low light, but the battery power was wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not fun at my first wedding with a Sony A7. <laughs> at, at the moment, though, the, 
the uh, Sony's are I'd say are the front runners. They yeah. seem to be like the the most popular cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canon have just announced the R5 though, and that just sounds just sounds unreal. It just sounds yeah. so mental. It's uh, have you heard the specs of it yet? I haven't. No, I need to like have a little look at it. Well, I think because I don't work at camera shop at the moment, I'm not really like invested my time into researching the cameras at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy about that because I've yeah. really kind of struggled working in the shop, especially when our shop was quiet. Yeah. Constantly looking at camera equipment and yeah, it kind of instills in you that your camera you need to constantly be getting something new and you really don't. You really don't. No, I mean to be honest, like the kit I've got now, I'm happy with. I'll probably keep that for years. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. I love my um. Uh, me and me and my manager were always going on about oh he's, I don't even know why because like he seems to not like he just seems to not not like Panasonic and I was like I don't but I couldn't get a, like a proper reason out of him for why not I was just like yeah okay me I I um I really like Panasonic stuff but that's more of a practicality thing uh they they're very good jack of all trades they're not great in low light unfortunately which is real pain yeah but they can do decent photos really good video and because my work is is mostly video actually i'd probably say it's 50 50 now mm-hmm. i need really good video options so it, that made sense in the future it might be a sony i don't know Ooh. But it, might, it might be <laughs> do yeah it. do it <laughs> <laughs> i might do it. it depends um it, it depends i think uh I'm not really brand loyal. I, literally, what no. I did, and this is not a joke. I did about uh, about four to now, probably about six weeks actually, of solid research before I I uh, got went to GH to the GH four from because I was like, well, the sensor smaller, crop factor, lower light. Yeah. I put so much research in, including upgrading to the GH five S because I was like, well, the Sony the Sony A seven almost had it, but I just kept it. It was the video options that stole it. It was kind of like mm-hmm. Luke, you're doing video. You need the yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, that next time we upgrade, it'll be the same again. I'm I'm not brand loyal. I'll just be like, yeah. what what whatever's got you need. Exactly. It's just a tool at the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just a tool. The camera stuff. The 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 when the camera when the, the camera nerds get talk like <laughs> fighting about which brand's best it's just like oh i know just... it's like guys shut up yeah, it's like, <laughs> they've all on. got their good things they've all got their bad things <laughs> should be out there taking photos i know it's not wasting your time arguing <laughs> <laughs> i got a real challenge I, I would say i've i've because i've grown as a photographer i've taken much yeah. better photos on my uh g9 than i ever did on my 5d mark 2 5d yeah. mark 2 the low light performance was brilliant on it because it was a big sensor especially yeah. compared to the g9 it would destroy it in low light yeah but you learn to work around these sort of things exactly yeah so it's um you know it's, it's just about learning how to use your tool properly yeah more than more than anything um so obviously you're also doing astrophotography and yeah. i don't know if you've mentioned this already but brecon beacons is uh <laughs> one of uh, I think there's two, was it? Brecon Beacons and maybe Snowdonia are uh, you designated dark spots. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Snowdonia now. I think it's recently gained that, um, the dark skies. Um, but yeah, Brecon Beacons is, is the main one in Wales. Um, and I'm not sure because Eden Valley is, is incredible. It's probably better than Brecon Beacons, but I'm not sure if they're protected dark skies. Um, I need to Google that and, and check. 
Um, yeah, I wonder what the, the um, what the sort of things are that you have to pass to get that. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not really looked into it. Um, I know the area tends to be protected a bit more. So like, um, if people are like putting spotlights up, they're not allowed to in those sort of areas, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So basically, just to try and reduce light pollution in that area, so you you can enjoy dark skies and actually see the stars. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's amazing. Enough when you. Yeah. If you live in like a town or a city, when you go to like um, uh, like a dark spot and you take a, you could take a night shot that you were taking in a city, same settings. It's uh, oh, absolutely different. <laughs> it's, it's it's mad. It's like yeah, you can't count the stars. No, there's so many. You're just like wow. Have you tried yeah, deep sky? Uh, have you tried uh, deep sky? So deep sky is what I really really want to get into because oh the shots you see like. Oh, they're incredible. So yeah, that's you're, something I really, really want to do. You're the reason I haven't got rid of my telescope yet because I brought that big <laughs> cumbersome telescope. I completely underestimated how difficult it would be to do and uh, brought this giant telescope, uh, went down to Brecon Beacons, couldn't locate any stars, took <laughs> took a shot of a quarter of the moon because <laughs> I couldn't get the whole moon. And uh, since learned that it's really difficult. If anyone's getting yeah. into deep sky photography, uh you can start off with a cheaper telescope like a i recommend a reflector telescope uh because they tend to be cheaper but can do better distances and they also don't suffer from uh lens like aberrations as much as a a refractor telescope but the if if you go for the cheaper one you're probably not going to get what's called a go-to mount and that basically uh you can dial in instruct uh, you can dial in coordinates and it will find stars for you finding a star is very difficult it's possible to do without that and that's the way i'm learning to do it at the moment but it's uh yes a lot of hassle <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was hoping to bring it down to brecon um and we could sort of try and get I thought maybe like any start with something easy like even Mars or even mm-hmm. and then maybe try and get like the Andromeda galaxy. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely bring it down. We can have a go with it then. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I've still got it all. So we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll try and do some deep sky photography when it's legal. <laughs> you know what annoys me? We've got this. We've got a mutual friend called Lee who works where we used to work, and he's an amazing photographer. And yeah. he started astrophotography way after me. And now he's taking stunning photos. Like he's really good. Fair play to him. He's really good. He got the money. He's got the money. He's got the money. <laughs> he went and brought a mental telescope. And I was just like, man, yeah. my telescope I brought for £20. Off some, I had to drive down to Wales to, buy this, to get this telescope. And shout out to Celestron as well, because the it wasn't in the best condition. The tripod that it stands on was damaged and I couldn't find it anywhere. Went on to Celestron's, dropped them an email and they just sent me one for free. Oh, that's brilliant. That's wicked. Got Celestron. This episode is now sponsored by Celestron Telescopes. <laughs> <laughs> Unofficially, officially tele- uh, uh, sponsored by Celestron. Oh, look at this as well. How nerdy is this? I've got a Celestron... Um, notepad as well. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Look at you, you <laughs> Celestron nerd. <laughs> I make some good stuff. There's yeah, a they kid, do actually. Fair play to them. There's this kid who used to come into Jessup's all the time. Can I say Jessup's? Yeah. It's my podcast, so I want where I used to work. And he brought like a £1,500 telescope the once. And I was like, dude, oh. I was like, dude, like you need this. Like, I said, you're very 
because he kept coming in and asking me about astrophotography because I did a load of reading after after my fiasco. Yeah. Uh, so I became quite knowledgeable about the sort of things you do need and about astrology, uh, astronomy itself, astrology. <laughs> 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 and uh, this kid kept coming in and talking to me. And then I was like, this is the only telescope you really need. And he was like, no, I want this 1500 pounds one. <gasps> and then his mom made him bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? Oh, wow. <laughs> Good mum. <laughs> oh man, it's super awkward. I thought she was going to tell me off. I was like, I told him, I told him. Oh. <laughs> I was mad. I tried that to was. stop him. <laughs> I was mad. That that was another example of like people just, yeah. You know, this is a learning lesson here. This is like you know, the camera doesn't make you, mm-hmm. or the tool doesn't make you um, like a great sort of photographer or yeah. whatever you're doing. You're spending fifteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it. Spending fifteen hundred pounds on a telescope doesn't mean you're going to take a, a photo of some, um, you know, like the Andromeda Galaxy all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, madness. It doesn't work like that. You've actually got to know what you're doing to take photos like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I learnt my lesson. I did the opposite to him. I just went for the cheapest thing I could get. <laughs> That'll do. I'll do the trick. <laughs> I was actually really lucky because uh, I found out it was a, it's, it's actually a Celestron one that I've got now. Such a yeah. really good telescope, yeah. We'll do Not we'll there. do a whole episode on um on sort of like astronomy and uh, or astrophotography, and we'll do a whole episode. Get you back on if you're up for it. Yeah, sounds good for me. We'll try and get Leon here as well. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we'll pick his brains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I also wanted to talk about as well was you've also uh like sold some of your work as well. So from that mm-hmm. aspect. You've obviously been passionate about um, landscape photography and, and uh, astrophotography. What happened in the sales thing? Did you just think, I want to put these up and try and sell them? Or was you approached? Uh, what was that whole process? Uh, there's no approach. I sort of sold quite a few sort of prints and canvases to sort of friends or family, etc. Things like that. So like through word of mouth, people sort of saw a photo on my social media and they're like, oh, say that photo's great. Can I have a print or a canvas? I was like, yeah, <laughs> give me some money. <laughs> um, so I think it is important to have some sort of social media um, presence, really, because it gets your work out there. People see it. And then when people see it, if they're interested in having like a canvas in their home or print, then they can see that, they can ask you. And I do eventually want to, I have not got around to doing it yet, but creating something on my website um, and actually I'll, a shop a sort of shop on the website where people can buy prints from there yeah. something i haven't got around to doing yet but i definitely would recommend it i've heard from other people that, that works quite well because then then people can just press click and have it sent to them so it's kind of yeah do you know that way i've i've briefly looked into selling stuff on websites uh because mm-hmm. there's a there's a few sites that make it an automated process that you can go through yeah but I believe that you can also get a link from, uh, I think it's PayPal. You can get a link and you can yeah. embed those links onto your page. as uh, So you could put a photo and then mm-hmm. you could put a purchase button underneath it. Mm. So, Didn't know that. Then I'd look into that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a while ago since yeah. I did it. But obviously, as a small business, you're constantly looking at ways to, to save yeah. money. And it's yeah. very easy to go to these automated sort of websites but you're going to be paying some sort of fee to do that yeah. or they're going to be taking the percentage however on the flip side you, it might be one of those things where you go well it's just more convenient for me to use yeah you know because it, it, it's a time thing as well isn't it yeah so you've like, got the time to sort of do that 
yeah if you've got the time if you mm-hmm. if you're quite savvy with html or, or sort of coding you know you probably that's probably I'm nothing not. to you <laughs> oh man it's it's such a headache it's like looking at the matrix yeah. code it's uh <laughs> yeah it's really difficult um so you started to sell uh, what was your first sort of like purchase like was that like a friend family or was it like i think it was a friend of the family they were like um oh, i'm trying to think who it was now yes it was a friend of the family it was um one of my first um sort of long exposures of a seascape um it was down in church stores in manabia i absolutely love that photo we've actually got the canvas um in our living room at home i just love looking at that photo it's an old photo but it's one of my favorites but yeah, that was my first one I sold because they came in the house, they saw it, and they're like, oh, can I have one too? I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course you can. Fair um, Yeah, my nan's the biggest fan. She's like, I like that photo. Can I have a canvas? I'll give you some money. I was like, nah, no more. <laughs> Big <laughs> art gallery in here. <laughs> but to actually put restrictions on her. That's um, nice. So but, in, uh, when yeah. your family support you through st- stuff like yeah, that as well. Yeah, it's really great. There's something really encouraging. helps you sort of um, keep doing it, really. Um, but I mean, being full-time in Jessup, um, kind of like I didn't do sell as much, um, but I'm trying to now find the time to sort of get my work out a bit more and hopefully look at selling more prints eventually again because it's, it's a nice way to sort of bring in a bit of avenue, a bit, bring a bit of money in to put against all your, your gear you're spending all your money on. Yeah. <laughs> basically what it is for, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah. always like there's always one extra little bit of kit that you could get. Oh, it's, but... there's more than one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just this bit of kit. Yeah, I always I get people lens going and this lens. <laughs> I always get people going. Look, is that the last thing you've got? Everything you need now, haven't you? And inside, like, I'm nope. just like, oh, you <laughs> don't you even no know. <laughs> <laughs> Only so you many. know. <laughs> <laughs> I want this one. This one. <laughs> <laughs> are you looking into getting? What kind of lens are you using then? Uh, currently, I've got the 50 mil. I've got the 18 to. 105 i had to think then what i had <laughs> um, f4 that's like it's an okay lens so like at the time i bought it i bought the crop sensor version yeah. so with sony you can either buy the crop version or the full sense um, full frame version also you'll pay less for the you'll pay half the price for the crop sense but they fit on both crop sensors and full frame sony cameras so does that without vignetting or uh yeah without vignetting yeah so it oh, shoots really perfectly cool. but i kind of wish i waited and invested in the actual full frame one because then i get a full f4 and it's just a bit better yeah but it's okay for now it's a good lens does the job and then my favorite lens is my 14 mil samyang lens at oh, f2.8 yes. i absolutely love that lens like that was yeah i wanted it for so long and then i literally got it and haven't stopped using it samyang are so underrated they, they really are, are brilliant yeah is it the only a... thing about it it's got the fixed petal hood which is like oh, oh yeah, yeah. I can't put a filter on it. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my mate I almost brought that. It until I bought it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why they done that. It's a stra- strange yeah. decision. Um, it's really bizarre. Yeah, so that's a very weird design choice there. Mm. They make uh, like affordable cine lenses as well, and uh, for anyone going while they're not real cine lenses on that, it's like well, number one, they are. Number two. If you want to get one of those cine lenses, you'd be looking at about fifteen thousand uh, pounds per lens. Yeah. So um, there's some. If anyone is looking at getting cine lenses for video and that as well, there's some good videos on YouTube, and I highly recommend looking at vintage lenses, and you can even adapt them. Uh, one of my uh, personal goals is I'm going to try and 
adapt some Carl Zeiss. Um, they refer to them as super speeds in the film days. Stanley Kubrick used to love them. They were called, they were nicknamed super speeds because they let so much light in for the day. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an it's a uh, it's a good example of um, how when you're making a film or even doing photography, the lens choice is important because those lenses that are 30 or 40 years old are not, on a technical standpoint, aren't going to stand up to a, te- a new lens. Like the, the new Sony lenses, for example, are just almost yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're looking for creatively. You're not yeah. looking for perfect. You're looking for you're looking to create a, a, a nice image. Yeah. So, it's, uh, so that's just a, a, a tip for anyone who's uh, looking at starting like a cine lens uh, collection. Like look at Sam Yang or look at vintage lenses. Um, just a little tip from me because I always see all these people say they want the cinema look from their videos yeah. and that, and it's just like it's mu- it's a lot. Yeah, get get like yourself a vintage lens and yeah. you know, save a bit of money. We'll spend fifteen thousand pounds on a, on a lens. I'm all right. <laughs> Do you imagine that? Could you imagine if the first thing you did was like drop it? Oh my goodness, <gasps> that'd be horrible. <laughs> that'd be mad. That would. Yeah, I wouldn't trust myself with that sort of kit. <laughs> on the, I think on the set of Blade Three, uh, one of the lenses costs fifteen or twenty thousand dollars or more. Yeah. And they, uh, Jessica Biel's character had to shoot a bow and arrow and she shot it right down the lens. Oh literally smashed the lens. Oh, I would have been cringing. I was like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry. That's bad, isn't it? Like, can't you put glass over it and protect it? Oh, the the worst movie mistake I heard, and this is kind of segueing a bit, was when uh, on that, uh, it was The Hateful Eight and mm-hmm. they had this like, like priceless guitar or, or it was like 80000 dollars or something it was a lot of money or it was yeah. priceless and they were, um kurt russell's character was supposed to smash a prop guitar and he smashed the real rare <gasps> priceless guitar oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> wow how would you feel you'd be like oh no what have i done oh he's never gonna live that one down <laughs> no um have you sold like many of your astro photography photos as well as that's something else you're going to be putting up as well yeah, so that's something I need, want to promote a bit more now. I've got, um, I think, to start with Avastra, it was more about practicing um, and trying to get it right because it's not something you get right straight away. There's there's lots of little things, like sometimes you haven't quite got the star sharp enough, then it's learning how to get like the foreground looking nicer. And it's like, and I still, Astro is you spend quite a lot of time trying to perfect what you're doing. Um, and I've still got lots of practice now, but I might think my shots now. I'm much more happier with them now. Like I'm a bit more like proud of them now. I'm like, yeah, they look they look good. I like those. I'm happy with those. Um, you take really good shots where you contrast like the stars against like a, a building as well, which I really really like. Yeah, I think my very recent favorite one is um, the star trail I did with the, outside the house. Oh, I've um, seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that. Always yeah, looking at your photos are amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but think... yeah, that's like one of my favorites. What, what are some like tips like uh so we'll start with we'll start with astrophotography yeah. can we think of like five tips for anyone looking to do astrophotography that we can just jump start them forward a little bit okay so um for like kit get yourself like a decent tripod so that's gonna not break on you <laughs> or, or wobble. wobble around yeah yeah wobble around <laughs> like my one does currently <laughs> And look, the leg on it keeps loosening it and you go, I can't replace oh, no. it. It's really stressing me out. <laughs> you take like a really um, long exposure and then you look and like, it's like a wobble through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sliding off the side. 
but it hasn't done that yet, thankfully. Um, yeah, so invest yourself um, good tripod. Get your, I mean, people say, oh, get this lens, get this lens. But when you're starting off, just find the, the widest lens in your kit, so the widest lens you've got, because that means then you can shoot much longer exposures, which means you don't have to push your ISO so high, so it's a less noisy photo. And I think one of the most important things is plan your shot. So plan where you're going to go, plan what times, so check what times it's actually going to be completely dark. Because in the peak of summer, we don't actually get complete darkness. Um, so there's an app called Clear Outside that is really useful for planning shots. Make sure it's super clear. Um, make sure you'll, you'll stay nice and warm. <laughs> oh, that's a big really one cold. in the valleys. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can get cold. <laughs> that was another mistake we made on that first first trip out with the telescope yeah <laughs> didn't have enough didn't have enough warm clothes <laughs> it's freezing cold yeah. it gets cold in the Brecon beacons <laughs> very cold but yeah definitely preparation is key and also bring spare batteries because when you're out in the cold your batteries drain much quicker and um, so always yes. bring a spare even, even some cameras now you can plug them into power banks so if you are starting to run a little bit low you can stick your power bank in and just keeps the camera running as well yeah um, yeah, so I say good tripod, widest lens you've got, make sure you pre- plan, repair your shot. So really think about where you're going to go. Yep. Find someone that's super dark, um, away from like pollution. Yep. Find a nice sort of foreground. So, I mean, some of my foregrounds have literally just been a tree, like just, yeah. just for practice, you know, um, and then nice warm clothes. And then spend a lot of time getting the focus correct, because that is the most important bit. Because if you don't get the focus correct, then... Yeah, I think out of all the things, this might be the thing that catches people off the most. Definitely. How would you go about getting your focus? Um, so you put your camera into manual focus, um, and then you try and find the brightest star in the sky. Sometimes I cheat and find a faraway light because it's easier to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> it can be quite difficult. It's surprising, but it's quite difficult to find stars through your um, LCD screen. And um, when you find a nice bright star or a bright light at a far enough distance. Just take your time focusing on that shot, so it's like a star, that like light, or whatever you're using, um, and then take a test shot. Zoom into the photo. If it doesn't, if it looks a little bit not quite a focus, try again, and until you get it perfect. And remember, if you move your camera, um, sometimes that can adjust the focus. So just constantly be aware of that. So yeah. That's something I've I've learned. I've literally gone out, not been keep keeping an eye on my focus, and then I come home. And my shots are all out of focus and it's horrible. You're like, oh, I've just spent a yeah. whole night of not sleeping. <laughs> you've been really cold. You've been walking. Yeah. I haven't got a single photo. <laughs> a couple of Definitely. little things I like. I would add as well. Everything mm-hmm. you said there is absolutely perfect. Uh, uh, one thing I'd say is um, I've got like little weighted sandbags that you use for just like yeah, doing yeah, your exercises yeah. i um exercise i said that weird Ex- your exercises <laughs> <laughs> i use those to uh, weight my tripod down to stop it from wobbling yeah um you don't have to you bring anything use, crazy like, your, um yeah you could just use your bag so the bag that you got with you hook it if your tripod's yeah. got a little hook just put your bag on i have to do that with mine because i've got i've got like um a travel to tripod so it's quite yep. lightweight so i'd like to weigh it down just in case um uh, another thing with investing in um if you're do- planning to stay out for a, quite a long time, get yourself a lens heater because condensation, again, Ooh. ruins shots. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. And I didn't even know there was a lens, he- lens heater and I've had that there really is. bad. Yeah, it's about 15 quid um, on, on Amazon. Um, you can use hand warmers, but lens heater just makes sure you just wrap it round, plug it into a power bank and that'll keep your lens nice and warm and stop the condensation ruin your photos. That's a great idea. I, I had uh, so much condensation in one of my lenses because I went to 
the waterfalls and the Brecon Beacons. Yeah. So when I went out to the night, I didn't realise, and it was just yeah. bad. With that whole yeah. weekend, I had to not use that lens, which was uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. That's a really good. Idea. Stay nice and toasty, see. They get cold. Yeah. Oh, uh, another another one other tip. The other tip as yeah. well was uh, what I personally like to do is put my camera onto a timer. So when I've mm-hmm. pressed the button, uh, if there's any vibrations between me pressing the shutter, uh, it's going to come across in the photo. So I'll either put a 10 second timer on. Um, or you can use a two second, but I'm really paranoid. So I'll put a 10 second timer on. It takes <laughs> more time. It's a, oh, why isn't there a five second option? It's so <laughs> annoying. It's a bit random, isn't it? It's two and 10. It's like, yeah. can I have more options, please? <laughs> can we, can, why, why not just give us the option to do like a full, you know, one to 10 yeah. seconds? I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> It'd be so much better. And uh, if you can't use the time, uh, if you can, you can also get a trigger. And most tri- you can get really yeah. inexpensive triggers, and you can you'll definitely not only get any vibration uh, in your photos if you're using uh, a trigger. Yeah, and they're quite good because then you can um, do bulb mode with them as well. So if you want to do star yeah. trails, you can do that as well. Yes, I've seen some crazy setups, especially from the deep sky guys. So yeah, they yeah. are mad. They'll have laptops and they'll have like. <laughs> Although, if you go out, just a tip, if you're going out, we, there's going to be other, uh, this is like a bonus tip, if you're going out and there's going to be other astrophotographers around, which you'll probably find if there's a, some sort of lunar event, do not run around with your torch on. <gasps> yes, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, so many times I've literally just been glaring down the field at someone like, just turn the torch off. <laughs> oh, so annoying. <laughs> So the reason you don't want to do that is because it can mess up with people's exposures and it will mess with Mm -hmm. your own eyesight exposure. Yeah. When you're out, if you can stay wherever you are for about 20 minutes, your eyes will will adapt, but it takes actually about 20 minutes for your eyes to start being able to focus around. Yeah. Um, And if you turn a torch on, it is destroyed. And uh, my mate Dan kept doing that to me. He's so bad for it. I'm like, (laughs) you start panicking and stuff, and like, or not panicking, but like, I'm set my tripod up. I've done all my stuff, weighted my tripod down, and that my eyes have adjusted. And then a big torch beam will go across my image or into my (laughs) face, and I'm just like, you've ruined that. (laughs) Red lights. uh, If you're going to use any kind of torch, use uh, use a red light because. it won't interfere. I can't remember what the exact reason is now. It but doesn't just affect use, uh, your night vision, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, with a white light, your night vision will be affected, so your pupils will then shrink. But with a yeah. red light, your pupils don't, so you're all good. You can carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best tip. The tip that means you're not going to get beaten up by a bunch of astrophotographers. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How's it going? Ooh, look Shine at me in torch. their face. <laughs> And when you're talking to people, always turn your torch off. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, people who wear head torches, it's so obnoxious. I'm just like, you've got your torch in my face. It's so yeah. bright. And all torches are like LED, super bright torches now. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't see nothing. <laughs> I like see the light. At them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some really good, useful tips um, mm-hmm. in terms of landscape photography. Yeah. About five sort of tips we can think of for, uh, or just a bunch five of tips. useful tips, yeah. For, I just for go Lanta. for it, just blabble on. <laughs> well, I think, okay, um, so, yeah. didn't we, me, you and Dan once talk about... Oh, yes, we f- did, yeah. We were like, I think we did like wildlife photography and then landscape. 
like oh, we did as well, yeah. Yeah, we did actually. I remember doing that. <laughs> that wasn't even for a podcast. That's just because we're, we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because <laughs> we like it. talking about stuff like that. Um, so, okay, I'm going to try some new ones. Uh, so, landscape photography, get yourself to places which are pretty. That helps. <laughs> but don't always go like where everyone else goes. So, like, don't get those buckets. You can go get those bucket list sort of photos that everyone else gets, like the photo of Penny Van and stuff like that. But try and like go places where it's going to be quieter, so you can have less people in your photos, and places that are a bit less explored, because then you can get photos which are a bit more new, a bit more exciting. And I think one of my biggest tips is don't go in the day. So don't go in the middle of the day when it's bright and sunny, because yep. your shots won't be that great. They really won't. Um, if you can, go in when there's like interest in light so go like golden hour blue hour that sort of time of day um and sometimes when the weather's a bit like sort of you got those sort of big or gray clouds yes sometimes you could, yes when it's a bit more dramatic and yeah but can i just yeah. i don't mean to interject but i get this so many times from people oh it's not a sunny day i'm not going out i'm like you're missing out on some yeah. amazing dramatic shots yeah yeah, so, yeah. i think uh, uh so First time, where was it now? Did I go? And I, uh, I always get the name of the mountains. Brin, Brin Hour, I think it's called. It's a mountain near me. Um, and the weather was horrible. We were up there and it was freezing cold. And Harris like, I just want to set up another camera. I was like, I'm really cold. I want to go. <laughs> but I was so glad we stayed because it was like icy cold rain. But then it cleared and we had a humongous rainbow in oh, front wow. of us. And like the mountains like underneath it. Oh, it was perfect shot. So I was glad I stayed for that. But yeah. You can get some epic shots when the weather's bad. I mean, I don't recommend going out in stormy weather. <laughs> no, no. Don't go no, out, don't I wouldn't go recommend that. <laughs> it's just um, but, yeah, when you're up the, in the mountains, it can, the weather changes so quickly. Yeah. It's just crazy. I think, but... Yeah. Always be, well, I always have, um, I call it my, my bivy bag, my survival bag. I always have that in my camera bag. So if I ever need oh, to me too. pack my way. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm prepared. <laughs> got my hand warmers just in case. <laughs> You cereal bars. <laughs> I've got the. What's the geekiest thing you've got in your kit? Oh, I don't know. What have I got in my kit? I got my. I always carry food, head torch, hand warmers, bib, my baby bag. What else do I have? I have, I have a whistle. <laughs> I've got a whistle too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Obviously, got a compass, a compass on it as well. Yeah, I've got that. <laughs> Is it orange? I've got three. I've got an orange one and two yeah. camo ones. I got an orange one, a really bright orange one. Oh, man. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. I wouldn't call it geeky though. I don't know what that if, is. If you haven't got these, Sarah, I highly recommend it. It's probably the geekiest okay. thing in my kit. It's Go on, photography gloves, and you can just peel the, the finger and thumb back. Yeah. They're so good. I want to um, get a pair of those. So useful. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's probably the geekiest thing in my kit. I used them yesterday as well. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> watch recommend me. Them? Oh, yeah. Peel back that finger, get a perfect shot. It, it gets <laughs> so cold. Don't my gloves off. It gets so cold up there sometimes, though, that, like, yeah. you can't... I, I've, I've had times where I can't feel my buttons and I can't do my settings because I can't feel anything. Yeah. Like my hands oh, are it's the worst. Cold. You're, like, pressing buttons. It doesn't feel like you're pressing a button. You're yeah. like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> my hands are no longer mine. <laughs> I broke my hand years ago as well, and when it gets cold, it hurts. It hurts so yeah. bad. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not nice. I'll have to get myself some more uh, hand warmers and stuff, actually. Yeah, so, they are lifesavers. Both of these... The biggest point for both of these is preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Prepare what sort of conditions you want, what shot you want, where you want to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just, like, bring everything that you need with you because then you're not like, oh, I need to go back and get this and stuff like that. I mean, I don't recommend pack, like, really heavy. Sort of plan what you're going to get, bring the kit that you need because I've done it so many times. I've gone to pack light 
and I've yeah. forgotten. I've left a certain lens, and then yeah. I've suddenly like, I need that now, <laughs> and it's the down worst. the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> like why did I leave that? It's so annoying. But yeah, always lots of preparation, and as well enjoy it. Like the whole point of landscape yes. photography is to be in nature, to to see beautiful places, and sometimes I like being like doing sunrise and sunsets. So I can put my camera on a tripod. And I can just enjoy the like the yeah. moment, just watch that sun go down, the light changing. It's just it's a great t- way to spend your sort of your free time, really, with your camera. So, some of my favourite memories of the last few years, because in a short summer, summary of what happened to me was, uh, I haven't been abroad for for ages. Uh, yeah. My last job, I wasn't made redundant, but I was offered a position that, uh, not sorry, this is a job before last. The job before my last one when I was with a team yeah. when I was where I was doing TV directing and that wasn't made redundant but there was a lot of redundancies and a lot of jobs were scaled down I just started yeah. doing all their YouTube videos and everything and they offered me a position which was like a real big step back and I just yeah. thought this is, I'm gonna leave now because it doesn't feel like I, I like progression I like the feel of yeah. progression and then obviously couldn't really afford to go abroad I had to watch the pennies and then all of a sudden I joined the National Trust started going so many places it's unreal i mean if you're yeah. looking for nice places to go just your own backyard you'd be surprised it might just be that you've not paid it that much attention because you've always thought you're always looking somewhere else and uh i end up going to all these places and some of my favorite memories now even when i think back and i just make your heart flutter a bit like yeah last year was uh, pembrokeshire I had full walking gear on because i'd just been walking over like uh, not mountains but like pretty harsh like terrain and then we come across a, a beach, perfect beach, and then yeah. sat on a rock and uh, took photos of the sun going down, and it was just, it's just amazing. Like it's yeah, perfect. It's, just, it's a great way to spend your time. It's nothing better than just watching that the sun disappear, the, the colours you get in the sky, like oh, yeah. whether it's clear or cloudy. You just yeah, it's just the best way to spend your time. Definitely. It's it's just yeah, it's uh, something. I feel there's something calming and humbling about it yeah where it's uh same with astrophotography well the same just i feel like the reason i probably like landscape photography in general more is uh when you're looking out to on those big vistas uh it just feels like it puts things in perspective yeah you realize like how like small you are like yeah it feels compared to the world like you almost like when you're in your your little routine but then when you go up on top of a mountain, you just like, and just see like the creation before you're just like, I am tiny, <laughs> but it's like, it's humbling, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not yeah. a bad, it's not like a bad feeling of being small. No. It's kind of like, it's more of a, uh, there's a term for it. It's more like a wonderlust or. Uh, yeah. It's almost it's like, like your problems don't seem that big anymore. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You, lo- you look out, everything's kind of put into perspective, but you kind yeah. of, it's a bit more optimistic. It's like, there's, yeah. a lot, there's so much out there. Yeah. Um, we're so lucky that we don't to explore. So lucky we don't live on like Mars and just be like, "What's it like out there today, Sarah?" Yeah. It's, it's orange. It's orange. <laughs> More orange. <laughs> it's, uh, it's no animals. <laughs> Sandstorms yeah, again. <laughs> Sandy millions again. <laughs> so, I really like that you've sort of like. You're passionate about those, you know, your astro and your landscape, and then mm-hmm. you've gone on to sell it as well. And I like that you're looking into um, ways of selling it uh, more. I mean, there, there are a few websites out there. Um, I think, oh, come on, Luke. Um, come on, it's a really big, obvious website where you can sell stock photos. 
um we'll look at it in another episode in the future about yeah. how how you can sell your photos and stuff but mm-hmm. it, it's you can go out and take photos as a hobby and you could sell them as stock photos which is really cool as well yeah and and but just before adobe we... you can sell them on so adobe yeah shutterstock i think it is shutterstock yeah. that's it i there always forget always forget <laughs> about adobe because adobe is newer isn't it yeah i think no so I, i've started uploading the stock photos to adobe um haven't seen much revenue back yet but i mean done it the last few weeks yeah. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get something from that. That'd be good. The yeah. best thing is, though, is you're not spending a lot to do that. You've already been out no. you've taken the photos. It's yeah. just kind of like... Uh, just upload them. Yeah. I think it would be mm. nice to look at ways of creating other income. If you're a photography or a photographer yeah. or a videographer or creative, because obviously you can do stock video as well, stock music. Yeah. It's We'll have to look at maybe some other time of... Um, how you can use your mix your hobby uh, and yeah. sort of make money from your hobby in quite a pa- yeah. passive sort of way where you can just leave it on Adobe and someone yeah. can sort of buy it from there. You don't have to go out and be like, oh, "Have you seen my photos? <laughs> Look how pretty they are! <laughs> <laughs> Check out this photo. This is Mars. Look at the dust. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> Look at the pretty dust. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dust and this dust. And um." Yeah, I think like there's so much we could like talk about, like because obviously, yeah. actually, I, I was supposed to. I've got like into the conversation. Of, uh, <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning as well before we wrap up that um, Figmento Films, my company, and Wandering Weddings, uh, Sarah's company, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah and Harry's company. Yeah, they uh, well, we're sort of doing a joint uh, wedding package together now where we do uh, video, we do film and photography, both two complete uh, packages, um, which is like, really, really cool and exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Looking forward to our first one together, definitely. I think it's yeah. a great idea because it just gives the option where like the photographer and the videographer, they know each other. You haven't got the issue of them clashing. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? And I think it's just going to be a great off- thing for to offer to the couples that ho- hopefully they will buy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there's, I think the signal went for a tiny second. But Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you were just saying is that, like, um, we ha- this is a really good sort of opportunity for us to do a wedding in detail we couldn't do before. Yeah. So it's really exciting. If anyone is interested to know more about that, you can check out Figmento Films. Uh, dot, uh, dot com to see my packages and there's a link directly to Wandering Weddings and alternatively you can go to Wandering Weddings yeah. um, Wandering Weddings UK Wandering Weddings UK uh, yeah. and you can check out their work and as well um, and you can get in touch with us as well, we've got contact details on those pages um, so yeah it's really really exciting times um, so it's a good opportunity as well to go and check out some of our work and you can also find some of uh, Sarah's work on Sarah's Smiler Photography. Yeah. Dot co. Dot UK. So yeah, yeah. So Sarah Smiler. No, no. Sorry, my website um, is Smiler Photography. Smiler so Photography. Photography. Dot co. Dot UK. Um, and then my Instagram account, where it's all my recent work, um, is mainly on there. So kind of you can, I've got a few tutorials in the highlights. Um, constantly all those weird and strange stories. Um, but my most recent work is on my Instagram. So that's, I always forget my Instagram. I don't know why. So it's Sarah underscore Smiler Photography. So if you head over to Instagram on that one, you can find all my recent work on there. And I've got my link to my website on there as well. Brilliant. 
And uh, yeah, and for all my stuff, Luke underscore Figmento Films. And I'll have all the show notes and everything as well. So you can check out all of Sarah's links on there too. Um, but I think this has been really interesting. Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Talk. Yeah. I thought like we started off with a bit of a, a format. And I think I'm like a chatterbox. So yeah, we'll have you on again if you if you fancy it. I would definitely be up for it. Yeah, especially if we're going to do astro theme stuff. I'm keen for yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I think what we'll do is uh, with the astro one is mm-hmm. um, hopefully when this whole nightmare of uh, this whole COVID nightmare has calmed down yeah. a bit, we'll uh, I'll try and get over to Brecon and we'll try and do some deep sky photography. That'd be cool. And then we'll do a podcast there if you want. Sounds good, yeah. In- until then, we'll get you on on something else as well. All right, and, then. Uh, yeah, go and check out her page. And uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to uh, follow it wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell icon to keep notified of future videos. If you have any questions, <laughs> leave them in the comments below where I'll get back to you. And I'll catch you all next time. See ya. The Pictorialist. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.